Well, sorry about yesterday, folks. Had some audio issues, but we're back and better than ever live from Arlington for the College Baseball Showdown this weekend. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Friday as you have finally made it to the final part of the week, heading right into the weekend. And Again, if you're noticing uh, the audio is a little bit different, it's because I'm here in Arlington getting ready for the college baseball showdown with Arkansas and playing some really good teams out of the Big 12, which we'll talk about later in the show as well. But uh, yesterday I had some audio issues where I recorded an entire podcast. And then once it was done, I looked back and it was a garbled mess. Don't really know why that happened, but due to time constraints, I had to just call it a day. But we're back now. We're going to do the podcast now. And we should be back rolling and uh, getting it done in the best way possible. So uh, I know we're going to talk baseball because that's something that people are excited about. I'm excited about it being down here and being able to watch some of these games and see this Razorback baseball team for the first time as far as uh, in some real matchups against some really good teams. But I have to go back to the Texas A&M game on the road and, and basketball because this one was one that uh, so many of you had so many reactions and emotions from, which I did as well. And it was – one to where I felt like yesterday's podcast was probably the best podcast I've ever done. But of course, no one's going to be able to hear it. At least it's going to be what I'm going to tell myself inside my head. But overall, I, that AM game, it's incredible to me how this team is just so bad at finishing games. They can't close games. And I know that the old adage is that you are what your record says you are, which Arkansas now is six and seven in conference play. They have five games left in the regular season, three of those games being at home. And Florida is going to be the next one, which we'll talk a little bit about here in a second, too. But the one thing that I felt like for Arkansas down the stretch of the final six games, at least after the Mississippi State loss, that one was that was a tough one. That was bad. That was frustrating. Uh, and we talked about it. But I was like, OK, well, winning on the road against Tennessee and Alabama probably is not going to be something that's actually going to happen. We're just looking at it realistically. But winning on the road against Texas A&M is your best bet. It's your best shot. A&M's a good basketball team. I mean, they're second in the SEC for a reason. They've had some really good wins this year. But when you faced off against them the first time around in Bud Walton Arena, I even said on the podcast a couple of days ago, I liked the matchup. I just liked the way that these two teams uh, were able to have some similarities, but also Arkansas seemed to have with at least their strengths and what they've been able to do so far this year, felt like they were going to be a team that could go into College Station and beat AM for the first time at home this year, at least in the conference play at home. I thought that was going to be the case. And for 31 minutes of this game, it kind of was the case. As Arkansas was able to play about as good as you could ask, especially in the first half, they were completely and totally shutting down Texas AM offensively. And we know that Arkansas is a team that hasn't been great on offense really all year long. We understand that. That's what the team is. But you felt like that maybe, just maybe, playing good enough defense would be able to produce some really good offense and Arkansas would be able to get out of there with a win. But in the first half, it was all Arkansas. 
if you think about the uh, way that Arkansas was able to do defense overall, for instance, uh, you have a situation where A&M could not find any sort of flow offensively. I think a lot of credit of that goes to Arkansas in the way that they were able to shut them down a little bit. Because if you're just looking at the numbers, as far as the box score goes, Texas A&M shot 8 of 27 in the first half from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, 6 of 8 from the free throw line. They they just were not 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 being the team that Buzz Williams expected them to be. That they have shown a lot of times this year, especially at home. They had ten uh, six turnovers and ten fouls also in the first half. Like they just seemed all out of sorts. And Arkansas was pretty much in full control of the game too in the first half because you had Devo Davis, for instance. Had 11 points in the first half. He played nearly the entire first half, but he had 11 points, a 4-5 shooting, 3 of 4 from three-point land. Debo looked to be bouncing back in a major way after having that poor performance against Mississippi State. But not only did he play well offensively, but even uh, Anthony Black, he had five assists in the first half. Four points on one of four shooting, but he did hit a three, but had five assists, two rebounds, two steals. He, he was doing a really great job. Think about Ricky Council. He only had four points, too. He only made two baskets, two of six, but four rebounds, two assists. Had a nice little game, nice little first half there. And Jordan Walsh even comes in, which we know Jordan Walsh has been really hit or miss. But he has five points, two of three from the field. Uh, has only one turnover, but also throws in a rebound there, too. Made a free throw. Arkansas shoots 52% as a team, 66% from three-point land, and three of six, which is 50% from the free throw line. But that was exactly the type of first half that you needed to have on the road against a team like Texas A&M. But the one thing that really just got me was when Texas A&M was able to make that buzzer beating three to end the first half. When that happened, it was kind of this feeling of like, Ooh, that's the type of thing that's going to have A&M with some momentum heading into the second half and maybe being able to bounce back and make it a game in the second half. Arkansas still led 33 to 24. He doesn't make that three. Arkansas has a 12 point lead heading into halftime, but instead it's a nine point lead, still sizable, still great, still all of that. But as we know for this team, a lot of times it's been a tale of two halves and it was definitely the second half in this one that ended up failing Arkansas. So A&M comes out swinging, really gets some great momentum going is able to cut it slowly but surely to a one-point game, and it, the frustrations are already kind of setting in. You can tell that this is something to where Arkansas, if they're going to win this game, they're going to have to be able to have a type of finish in this game that they had at least playing in the first half. So AM hits four of five three-pointers in the second half. They go 11 of 27 from the field, 12 of 14 from the free-throw line. So you're talking about offensively just completely and totally changing the narrative and uh, them and, and being able to, to bounce back and really get to the free throw line effectively as well. They only had three turnovers, too, in the second half compared to uh, their six turnovers in the first half. And then Arkansas goes 9 of 25 from the field. That's 36%. 1 of 10 from three-point land. 1 of 10 from three-point land. That's 10%, by the way, because you need, need to do math. And then 4 of 8 from the free throw line, which once again was 50%. Just abysmal. It was an abysmal performance by the second in the second half by Arkansas. And what really was the nail in the coffin was Muss always talks about it being a game of runs. And there's usually three runs in a game. You got to win two out of those three runs in order to win the game. And Arkansas in the second half, when it came to the runs, 
that the teams were going on. A&M won both of those in the second half. They were able to have that early first run to cut it to one point and then eventually take the lead. And then down the stretch in about the final seven and a half minutes of the game, <clears throat> Arkansas was outscored like 11 to three, where the one basket that Arkansas had was, uh, you know, one, one late. And, and that, that was all she wrote. It was all she wrote. And now this is, again, I'm doing my math correctly here, of the seven losses in SEC play for Arkansas this year. This is the fifth loss where Arkansas has actually had more field goals made than their opponent. Arkansas made 22 field goals in this game. AM made 19. This is the fifth loss this year where Arkansas has made more field goals than their opponent. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That type of thing is just mind-blowing. And a lot of times it comes down to, well, the other team made some more threes, or the other team made more free throws, or Arkansas just turned the ball over ad nauseum, whatever it is. There's reasons behind it. But this team just can't close. Every single game that Arkansas has played on the road in SEC play, minus the Auburn game, Arkansas had a pretty sizable lead in the second half. Against Vanderbilt, they led by 10 points, lost that lead. Against a team like Missouri, they had a lead, lost it. Texas A&M, same thing, lost the lead. Mississippi State, lost the lead. Like, oh, just Well, I guess they didn't really lead in that one. But, there was, uh, but there's always been these games where Arkansas has done good enough and has played well enough to be in control, to be able to have a lead, and they just cannot finish. Now, people start bringing up, well, what, what's the reasons behind this? Why is that the case? Is it simply because of legs getting tired? Because you have Anthony Black, Devo Davis, Ricky Council. All three of those guys are averaging more minutes per game than any player did last year or the year before on a Razorback team. You know, all three of those guys are averaging 37-plus minutes a game. Is it their legs getting taken out? Because, I mean, Devo Davis missed three straight free throws in a row, which you cannot have and cannot do if you're supposed to be a veteran of this team on the road when the game's on the line. You just can't have that happen. So, you know, is it the legs? Are they getting tired? I think that, you know, I started to believe that, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot to that as far as, you know, choking these games away. But it does seem like time after time and game after game, Maybe that is playing a factor. Maybe you have guys that are just getting tired down the stretch. But at the same time, I understand why Must want, and he has to do that because everyone's like, oh, we'll just throw in Joseph Pinion. Well, okay, that's not going to work. Like, you know, as good as Joseph Pinion may be at shooting threes, he's not as good of a defender as Devo Davis or Ricky Counts or anything like that. And Must is always going to put more preference and more emphasis on defense than anything. So you can't say that and you can't do that. And I, I even saw people say, oh, you know, where's Barry Dunning? Where's he at? Okay, Barry Dunning hasn't played. I don't even think he's played a minute in SEC games. And you're just going to throw him in? Ah, what's, yeah, see what you can do. Like, no, you're not going to do that. But the biggest question was about Nick Smith. And he played less than four minutes in this game. 
He played 17 minutes against Mississippi State. And everything was after the game where Musk was talking about, you know, and get them more integrated and it's a challenge and they just got to get out there and get the feel for everything. Like that's got to be something that they do and take care of, whatever it may be. But then he just plays four minutes, not even four minutes. And suddenly it's like, okay, so what are you trying to integrate him? Was he hurt? Was it something that he just wasn't playing well? Because I think he did have two turnovers in this game. Like, what is it? It's the most mysterious, peculiar type of team I think Arkansas has had, where they are the best team on paper when it comes to talent this year that Must has had overall. But yet, there's a chance, a chance that they could finish with the worst SEC record that Arkansas had under Must. I don't think they'll get to that point. I mean, 7-11, and 11, like, I think they'll win at least one more game. The two... Pretty, pretty sure. Three, I even feel good about, but still. Like, but they'll be flirting with it at least. And it just doesn't make much sense. And you have Nick Smith back, so why is he not playing? Why is he not getting more involved? What, what is the holdup here? It's a mystery. So it's frustrating. It's very frustrating, once again. This is a very frustrating team to watch. I, I think everybody, myself included, have just been waiting for when the next page is going to turn and they're going to turn on at the right time. And they haven't done it. They just haven't done it. They, they don't have a finisher. They don't have an assassin at the end of the game to just take over and get it done. Last year, you had J.D. Note. J.D. Note, like, sometimes would shoot the ball 38 times in a game. But you know what? I was okay with it because the dude had a mentality of fearing nobody and going and getting his, going and getting his shot. Before that, you had Moses Moody, which was really good, too. We know how good he was at that. On Also, J.D. Note being on that team. And the year before that, you had Mason Jones. Like every year you've had those guys. It's been that dude that's like, all right, go out and get it. And you don't have that this year. The inconsistency from Ricky Council and Devo Davis has been, it, it's hard to trust them in those moments. Anthony Black, to me, Anthony Black has been the best player on this team by far. And I, I think every single game he plays incredible, but he's not the type of guy and he has in his type of role, he can go out and get 25, but his mentality is more of just doing it all. Like he had eight assists in this game. That's incredible. If your point guard has eight assists and four turnovers, assist to turnover ratio is two, you should win those games. So they just don't have that guy. They have Florida upcoming next at home. They have to win that one. They better win that one because not only is it a home game, but Colin Castleton, the dude that caused so many problems for Arkansas last year, has been so good for Florida. He's out with a broken hand. And I don't think it's putting it too mildly. I've been very optimistic about this team. In fact, some people say I'm a Debbie Downer the other day, which was the funniest thing I've ever heard. Because I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm usually the glass half full guy. But looking at it seriously, though, if Arkansas does not beat Florida tomorrow in Bud Walton Arena, the NCAA tournament may be over. It, 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 may, it may not happen. It may not happen. You'll have Georgia at home, which, again, you should win, but Kentucky – like they may be in a desperation mode where they have to win that game to get to the NCAA tournament. So might be a different mentality that you see. Bama and Tennessee on the road. Good luck with that. But it's a very frustrating team. And it gives me a little bit of the similarities of football, where it's like, we're going to look back on this year, regardless of what happens, which, you know, you know, if you get to the NCAA tournament, all bets are off. Maybe they can turn it on. Maybe they get good matchups. Maybe they find a way. Maybe. Who knows? But I just have this eerie feeling that this is going to be a year where we're going to look back upon it and be like, man, 
Arkansas finished nine and nine in SEC play, that they should have actually gone 13 and five or 14 and four. But because they couldn't close, because they couldn't hold on to leads, it ended up costing them dramatically and tremendously at the end of the regular season. It's frustrating. I get it. Everyone's frustrated. I'm frustrated. You're frustrated. The whole state of Arkansas is frustrated, but still got games. Still got to figure this out. This, this season's not over until it's over. But, you know, you're still in the NCAA tournament as of right now, according to Joe Lenardi. Still got it going on. But you got to be able to do, you got you to gotta be better. Just got to be better. And you got to close these games. And uh, we'll figure out what's going on with Nick Smith hopefully one day. Folks, the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app, and it's safe, sound, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained, all of those fun things you can bet on through the FanDuel app. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance of winning a bigger payout with the same game parlay for all different games across all sports, but particularly the NBA. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports book betting partner of the NBA. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I mentioned that I am here in Arlington for the college baseball showdown. Arkansas is going to be going at Texas in the first game of the regular season for this Razorback baseball team. And I can't wait. I love baseball season. And I know if you've ever listened to me, if you follow me on social media, if you know me personally, you know, I am not a baseball guy. I still don't really know what striking out the side means. I, I, I just don't. But I really enjoy going to the games. I enjoy covering Razorback baseball. And I enjoy watching some of these players and, and some of these guys coming back and, and being able to have a really good start to the season. This is one of the best events you'll ever see when it comes to college baseball in the early season uh, deals of great opponents and playing your globe life field, which, you know, it's pretty much brand new. One of the nicer uh, venues that you'll see in major league baseball they had the world series here just a few years ago. Some people refer to when the Dodgers won as the Mickey mouse world series, but still world series nonetheless. So it's a really nice venue and it's going to be on flow sports, by the way, for those of you are going to try to watch the games. We all love flow sports. They're great, right? So Arkansas is going to take on Texas today. It's at seven o'clock. But it's not actually going to be at 7 o'clock because they, they got two games in front of Arkansas. The first game starts at 11, and then the next game supposedly is going to start at 3. But I, I just don't see any way, shape, or form that those – unless you're just having like 1-0 games that end up being pitcher's duels, then, okay, maybe there's a chance of it. But odds are it's going to be a late night, late game for everybody involved. So uh, you can watch it on Flow Sports, but you can also, of course, listen to it on 103.7 The Buzz if you're in the listening area. But uh, Arkansas has got a lot of expectations this year. You know, they're sitting there at number eight in the country, and it just kind of depends on where you look at your polls and all of that. Uh, D1 baseball is usually all the, always the one I've used. I feel like they're, uh, they do a great, great job, and they're one of the most accurate. But uh, they have Arkansas at number eight. If you look at some other polls, Perfect Game has Arkansas at number four. So maybe some of you who like to say, oh, well, I like to look at whichever poll has Arkansas the highest, 
that might be the one is the perfect game. But uh, USA Today coaches has them at six, collegiate baseball at number seven, baseball America at number 11. Either way, Arkansas essentially is a bona fide top 10 team preseason. And they have a lot of new faces there in the lineup. I mean, pretty much Stovall, uh, as well as Slavens, Kendall Diggs. Those are really the only guys that are going to be there in the lineup that you're probably familiar with from last year. Uh, Bofrin's going to be in there too, so you'll at least have seen him a little bit. But you got a lot of guys that have transferred in, uh, a lot of guys that uh, we've been hearing some big things about. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And we know uh, it was how sucky it was that Arkansas lost Jackson Wiggins. But Hagen Smith is going to be the guy going in this first game. We know how good he was last year. And, um, you know, he's, I think that he's the, he's the right guy for the job there, too. So I think he'll do really well. And you're thinking about him. And then Will McIntyre, Big Mac, he'll be going in the second game. And looks like uh, Arkansas also is going to be going with uh, the junior Hunter Holland in game three against Oklahoma State. So kind of looking like what their lineup's going to do. You have dudes that are going to be coming out of the bullpen that uh, should be uh, fun to see once again, like Brady Tiger, who was so good last year, especially early. Uh, he's going to have another year of experience. He's, he's going to be in a, in a closer uh, type of role. You also have Zach Morris. He's going to be back there too. So again, it's a mixture of new faces and some old faces, but there's no doubt that this Razorback baseball team is uh, going to be one that's going to be competing for another College World Series spot and be one of the teams that are competing for an SEC regular season championship as well. Uh, I think that with Arkansas this year, you know, people are asking me my predictions or my expectations for what Razorback baseball needs to be or what they need to bring. Here's my thing. I don't think in baseball it's just as simple as saying, okay, well, this is a College World Series team. Because if you look at what Arkansas has done when going to the College World Series, very few times they've gone to a bunch of college world series but very few times have they just been all bona fide preseason yeah this team's for sure making the college world series it's like they've been highly ranked or maybe looked at in a certain way but it doesn't always equate to this them getting to the college world series in fact i feel like the times that arkansas has been like preseason ranked number one or a lot of cases where when arkansas did not make it to the college world series in fact had a pretty disappointing year but when the talent on this team, and of course Dave Van Horn, and the pitching depth, even though you lost Wiggins, you still have a lot of guys there. I think it absolutely has the talent and caliber to make it back to the World Series. And I've been talking to some people that know a lot more about Razorback baseball than I do. They've been even been saying that as far as the offense goes, it's going to be much better this year. Now, the defense is really where it's going to be interesting because you know, last year you were so good defensively, and not having a uh, Jalen Ball's battles at shortstop and Robert Moore, which was just a double play machine. You're not going to have them this year. So who's going to step up? Who's going to do what? That's going to be an ultimate question for people there too. But I think the pitching is going to be improved. I think the hitting is going to be improved. And I think that uh, Arkansas is going to be a team that's going to be in the mix for a college world series. I would really like it if they just hosted a regional and a super regional. That'd be great. Last year was fun making it back to the world series, but there's something special whenever you get to play a bomb Walker stadium in postseason play and get Razorback fans to see that it's always a lot more fun. So I hope they at least get to that point, but I don't think, I don't think Arkansas is going to win the SEC. The SEC is stupid loaded this year. LSU has pretty much been dubbed as a God's gift to college baseball by everybody because they got a lot of talent on their team. Tennessee is going to be really good too. Uh, you're, you're going to have teams like Vanderbilt, which Arkansas is going to play. In fact, Arkansas plays all three of those teams this year. Uh, two of those on the road. The only one, the only really big home series that you have is against Tennessee as far as uh, your toughest games because you have to go to Mississippi State, to Ole Miss, to LSU, to Vanderbilt, uh, to Texas A&M. So, uh, yeah, that, that one's going to be a tough one. But a and is supposed to be good there too. We'll see. 
So it's really tough to say one way or the other how good this team's going to be as far as getting to postseason. But, I mean, again, would you, if they made it to the College World Series, would I be surprised? Not, not at all. None whatsoever. If they won it all, would I be surprised? Yeah, I would because it's so hard to win a championship. But it's not impossible. Like, if you told me this team was finally the team that won it for uh, Dave Van Horn and won a College World Series title, then I, would, I wouldn't be, like, shocked or blown away. I think the talent is there. I think the pitching's there. I think the offense is there. We'll see what the defense does. But it's once again going to be a really fun and great season for Razorback baseball. And it all starts tonight in Arlington at Globe Life Field. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel next Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will see you then.